You have arrived at your destination. your volume sounds good to me man too loud no sounds good from here sounds good from where i'm sitting too quiet no not too quiet is it just right it's just right it's that goldilocks volume yeah well how's it going it's been a minute it has been a minute now the listeners don't realize they don't know because we uh we're very prepared (laughs) very professional when we first started (laughs) recording much more much more and the reality of recording a podcast has set in and you know one thing about so just to pull back the curtain for a moment, you engineer this stuff, set it up, yep, composed the theme music. I did uh, along with several podcasts on the Destination Nation Network. But I've taken over since we've come back to do this. Well, come back since we started this podcast. I've been doing the editing. Yep, which means I cut out all of our little like ums and big breaks where we yep. forgot what we wanted to say or whatever and so hopefully seamlessly nobody notices yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible talker okay i was actually uh, and, and i feel okay about this now sure because i was watching an aaron sorkin master class yeah and he said i'm a writer yeah he said if you if i have to he's like i'm going to apologize if i have to sit in front of you and tell you things he's like i can't edit that I can't yeah. get my I can't get the thing that I'm trying to convey yeah. down and trim for you to so he's like I'm mm. going to stop and start and um and yeah. he's like I'm a writer. I'm not yeah. a talker. He's not an orator. He's not a professional yeah, rhetoric guy. And uh, yeah. I'm sorry since you started cutting these well, uh, episodes. No, what I was going to say is you learn what our or I have learned what our different ticks are. Yeah. For when we mess up and how we tend to mess up. Sure. And we each tend to mess up in uh, like reliable ways. <laughs> so I can tell how you're going to, yeah. what you're going to do that I'm going to have to cut out. And I can tell what I'm going to have to do. And because I'm me, I can't stand the things I do now. <laughs> I am so upset every time right. I do that. I use certain words too much and it makes me mad sure. and stuff. So hopefully listeners won't be able to pick that up Yeah, because and I'll cut most of it out. But if you guys ever listen to our old podcast, I... I, I I kind of uh, edited and mixed that one. Yeah. And uh, those were, I think I edited the first few. Mm-hmm. After that, I was just like, no. Nah, like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there and were, it was fine. Yeah. Well, there yeah. were a couple guests we had. Those That was a guest-based podcast. And a couple guests we had that they were just like, it's just kind of awkward silences. Sure. It's like yeah. trying to like yeah. bring momentum into like a conversation yeah. that wasn't there. Yeah. Because you and I know we've known each other for a very long time at this point, yeah. almost 20 years or maybe t- right at 20 years, actually. Uh, maybe. Did, did, is it not more than that now? I 20, don't know. It is 20 years. It's 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. We met when we were around 10. Yeah. Do we meet before that? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. 23 years. 23 years? Yeah, if 10 is... Oh, 10. Oh. Let's, let's do the math. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, we're I not was 30 anymore. We're not 30. No, I was thinking because it's a round year, because it's 2020, I went immediately to 20 years, but that's not correct. It's yeah. more than that. Yeah. Okay. Nevertheless, so we've known each other for a very long time. We have a, we have a decent, I think, uh, enough rapport and back and forth. We know that we're going to be able to fill the space. 
but it's always a little difficult working in somebody where you're just not sure and they're not sure about you and whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was there. There might have been some awkward silences in that older podcast that we used to right. do. Speaking of what brought us here, why are we here? I, I was just talking about how you learn what's annoying about your own speech patterns yeah, when wh- you edit yeah. them. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say. How did we get here? I don't know. How many minutes are we in? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like less than five minutes in. <laughs> That's true. Less than five minutes uh, in, already completely lost. Said all that uh, to say, we, we did a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, kind of pre-records um, mm-hmm. with our first 10, 11, 12 pod, uh, yeah. episodes where we would do a couple in a day. We'd do multiple sessions a week. Yeah. Um, and I recently have been the busiest I've been in probably a year and a half Yeah, to where I'm working like 10, 12 hour days, um, on a couple different features at once, Mm -hmm. uh, only to be bookended by another feature. So we're almost live (laughs) with, with our release dates. This is very close. When you're hearing this is very close to when we actually recorded it. So That has been unusual thus far in this podcast. Yeah, I had a conversation with a guy the other day who listens to the podcast, and Mm -hmm. I was basically just lamenting about how busy I've been. It's good to be busy, especially when you're doing the things that you actually really enjoy doing. Of course, yeah. But it's been very difficult, and he's like, he's like, yeah, well, you're not, you're, you're not uh, so busy. You're not recording that podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Like. No, man, we haven't recorded in six weeks. It's true. <laughs> like, it's true. We're just cheating. We haven't recorded a single episode yeah. since I started all this It had nonsense. been a while. So I'm glad we're sitting down. I'm glad we're getting a time yeah. to do it, uh, to talk about something. And we're talking about something super interesting that yeah. I know that you are particularly excited to talk about, I think. I am. Would I be correct in saying that? So, you would. Yeah. So who are we talking about today? We're talking about a person. You know you know how I like to talk about my filmmakers. I do. Yeah, I and do. And my processes. And this is processes. one. Processes. Yes. And this is one that is, uh, I'm particularly excited about as well because he's currently very exciting. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it would be exciting to talk about Kubrick or something like that and dig in, but Jordan Peele is currently very exciting. It's Jordan Peele. It's Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yep. So we're talking about him. I actually rewatched uh, Us today to prep for this, mm-hmm. which was just an excuse to rewatch Us because it's wonderful. Yeah, I don't know that it gave me any particular. <laughs> you know, it's anytime I hear the think about or hear the the term Us, mm-hmm. my brain does this really weird thing, which is every time I hear the word Us, not just regarding this movie, but just Us in general. Yeah, my brain says evil robot Uses. Is oh that, yeah, it does. I'm, oh, I'm, I get that. Honest to that. God, my brain just said evil robot us. Uh, my brain doesn't do that, but it, it, sure, that that that's from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, which is a wonderful film. Wonderful. So yeah, yeah. So I get that. So yeah, that's fine. This is a. Uh, well, this is kind of uh, kind of about evil robot. <laughs> it us's. kind of is. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Jordan Peele's films, which Jordan Peele's a comedian, and now he's a renowned filmmaker, he made. You're about to get spoiled. You're about to get spoiled. He made Get Out, he made Us, and he's mm-hmm. got some others uh, in the works, and so we're going to spoil Get Out and Us yeah. for sure. He's been produ- producing a lot. Yeah. Um, he is no longer acting. Interesting. Yeah. I think 2017, when he got the Oscar nom for uh, screenplay for, for Get, Out. Get Out, Yeah. he announced that he's like, I don't think I have to act anymore. Like I think I can just be a filmmaker now. I mean, he's correct. He doesn't he's like I don't he's like I don't not enjoy acting. Yeah. But directing is so much more fun and that's what I want to do oh, and I, didn't know I don't that. think I have to act anymore. Dope. I mean, he definitely does not. No. And 
I don't know how much acting he had done before. Obviously, he'd done sketch comedy shows, sure. which is yeah. A let's form let's jump in. So let's jump in. Yeah. So Jordan Peele, Mad TV. Jordan Peele gets started with Mad TV. First of all, I got to say he was born in 1979, and he's my birthday twin, and that made me oh. real happy. Yeah, that made me that made me super happy. That so is anyway, really nice. That's really nice. <laughs> That's really nice. So anyway, he gets started with Mad TV, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't watch any Mad TV sketches to prep. Did you? I didn't. I, 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 said, I watched it as a kid. Yeah, I watched. It was it on as at my grandparents' well. house a lot. Oddly, it was on for a long time. Yeah, they did. They would would not have been into Mad TV at all. <laughs> sure. My grandmother yeah. was a. What's the one with the flip the letters around? Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Yes. And Walker, Texas Ranger, and yeah. Murder She Wrote. Uh, Those were her evening shows. Sure. During the day, Walker and Murder She Wrote. During nice. the day, she had her yeah. stories. Her stories. Like she's like soap operas. Yeah, I've got to watch yeah. my stories. Of course. And those stories were uh, Days of Our Lives yes. and As the World Turns. Those okay. were her two favorites. So probably not Mad TV in that. Not Mad in TV. that television diet. Yeah, for sure. So he wouldn't have been on at that point anyway. He was on from 2003 to 2008. Yeah. And, and Mad TV. I didn't realize this, but Mad TV wasn't around for very long. Oh, is that true? Um, oh. Like, I want to say it was like 90s or late, maybe late 80s uh-huh. into like the early 2000s or so. I can tell you really stopped. quickly. I can tell you really quickly. Um, 15 seasons. 15 seasons. So 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, not not Saturday Night Live. No, but long. I mean that's that's what that's yeah the automatic comparison. Sure, is of course. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live has been around for yeah uh, since Mafuzlid yeah <laughs> was around. So Mad TV in Living Color, right? Wasn't that another like yeah. sort of sketch show? And then I almost think of more of like Mad Magazine than I do Mad TV. Sure, like or, it was a spinoff of Mad TV, right? right? Or I mean Mad Magazine. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, he does the boy face. The boy face, Alfred E. Newman. Oh, me worry? Isn't that what he says? I don't know. Fun, uh, fun tangent. Like we're getting to Jordan Peele. Fun tangent. Mad TV is a spinoff or is a, a appropriation of the Mad Magazine property, and Mad Magazine came from um, was a spinoff of EC Comics, which was the comics uh, line that had like Tales from the Crypt. And they had a Senate uh, subcommittee hearing about it. So all of it ties back and to the And here comics, you thought that your always. doctorate was <laughs> total baloney. That's right. Pay up. <laughs> um, all right. So 2003 to 2008, he's on Mad TV. And so was um, Keegan-Michael Key, right? He was on yes. Mad TV as well. Um, they both auditioned. Um, I think they were in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, or at, at least Jordan mm-hmm. Peele was in Chicago. Okay. It wasn't Groundlings, but it was something like that. Like uh, Second City or something? Maybe it was Second... One of those. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those. Um, we did our research. Sure, of course. I didn't do a lot of digging in the early years. I just... I, I vagued this one. It's fine. At the start. People don't come here for facts. They come here for our astute yeah. observations. Oh, by the way, I'm sitting here with Will, the doctor. Oh, yeah. This is Joe the Maestro across from me right here. I I am that. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Creatives. We're 18 minutes in already. <laughs> Uh, 11 and a half. Okay, fair enough. So I think they auditioned together. I want to say uh, Key's audition was very good. Okay. And Jordan Peele assumed that he was going to get the job over him. Okay. But they were hired together. Oh, because nice. Because of their onstage chemistry. Oh, that's nice. Which is nice. Sure. So Mad TV happened. Um, I'm, I, I don't even remember much of like their characters or anything. The yeah. thing I remember most about Mad TV was... Um, 
in living color. <laughs> okay. That's what that's what my brain goes to when I think of Mad TV, I think of in living color sketches. Yeah. Is that weird? Uh no, I get that. I mean, it's, it's just like, like Jim Jim Carrey with his his yeah. lip gone and, Sure. Yeah. Right. It's just like things that should be Saturday Night Live, yeah, but aren't. So like <laughs> SCTV or yeah. or Mad TV or whatever. So yeah. So that being said, they were on Mad TV for a while. Mhm. The election happened in 2008. Eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, SNL was looking for an Obama. Oh, okay. Um, and Jordan Peele went up for that for that wow. part as a cast member. Interesting. Did not get it. Um, that blows my mind. You know who, who started doing Obama? No, who did at that point? Fred Armisen. Oh, that's right. I forgot Fred, Fred Armisen, Armisen did that. Yeah. Uh, and later, probably because of... Like Fred Armisen's not a black man. Yeah. Uh, Jay Farrow started. Oh, that's Obama. right. Yeah, yeah. And his Obama was fine. Sure. But I mean, I would argue <sighs> one of the things that kind of put Key and Peele in the limelight. Yeah. Was Jordan Peele's Obama? I mean, it's very, very good. It's ridiculously <laughs> it's good. Very good. <laughs> um. So that leads us to to Key and Peele. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Comedy Central sketch show. Yep. Yep. Just just two guys. Uh. It's. The way it differed from SNL mm-hmm. um, and any of those shows is SNL has has a very live Saturday Night Live. Yeah, <laughs> it's a live show. Yes, um, they do have uh, what they call uh, what do they call the uh, the the pre recorded? Oh yeah, of, like a rehearsal, of, whatever. No, um, the uh, oh they have shorts, shorts and stuff. SNL yeah. shorts, digital shorts, digital stuff shorts, like that. Andy Samberg, those Lonely Island guys did. So for a while. Key and Peele decided we're going to do a, a comedy sketch show yeah. that is just digital shorts. Interesting. It's okay. just us writing, sure, producing, directing, acting in, and cutting these things. Yes. And that's what it was going to be. Yeah. Until uh, I think Comedy Central convinced them that, like, listen, this is not going to work uh-huh. without you guys and your chemistry out in front of a crowd. Yeah. So basically, oh. all the comedy is shorts. Yes. All of it. Yes. But they threw them in front of the crowd to 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 banter and yes. to basically uh, announce each short. Well, and I'm not, you know, I didn't I didn't catch anything about this when I was reading about him earlier, but. My imagine, I, I imagine that Comedy Central probably was also operating on the mold of Chappelle's show, which had been so yes. intensely popular. Mm-hmm. And it was that same model, right? You have this charismatic comedian come out in front of a, an audience and yeah. introduce sketches, yeah. right? Essentially do stand-up. Yes, stand-up between yeah, but re- produced sketches. Key and Peele didn't really do stand-up. No. They put on characters because yeah. they, their chemistry is just so fun yes. to watch. yeah. They're just being silly. Yes, um, it's true. But the thing that I, I always went to Key and Peele first, mm-hmm. yeah, over many of the other sketch, sketch comedy shows, yeah, because the way they approached each sketch was yeah. very cinematic in terms of production and things. In terms or? of production, okay. In terms of writing, in yeah. terms of like the lighting, the yeah. music, the music, the way it's put together, it all just feels like there's real tension there sure um you know not all of them are of the same kind of caliber but like think of your favorite snl like digital short like they're, yeah. they're very well done like this is an entire show of just those yes yeah um, which gives it a different feel than we have you know a multi-cam setup in front of an audience and we have a clever idea yeah you know, uh, definitely gives it, a, and you can bring comedy from things that aren't just lines being delivered or yeah. set pieces or whatever. You yeah. can bring comedy through the production and whatnot. And uh, when I was approached by, by the way, this is a, a DNN podcast. Yes. 
and I was a uh, basically Brian Barrow, who's the uh, like the the head of the king, the king, <laughs> King Barrow, the king, the king Daddy Barrow, King Daddy Barrow. Of, yeah, um, he put out a, a message saying, "Hey, I want to do some some sketch comedy for the DNN. Mm-hmm. Um, is, would anybody be interested?" In? And at that point, uh-huh. I was very interested in stretching the muscle of you know I used to shoot music videos, yeah. that kind of thing. I was interested in doing that, but my my message to him was, "Hey, I am interested in this, but yeah, I don't want to do SNL. Yeah, I want to do Key and Peele. Yeah, I want to do. Let's try and make something pretty and well put together. Yes, that's funny. Not just have an idea that could be a script and then just get it in front of a camera somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he agreed, and he he said that's that's kind of my vision too. Yeah. And then they ended up writing a five episode yeah. <laughs> miniseries uh, oh, called right. Hench Hunt. Sure. Which is up now. Which is that on you online? You can check it out. Yeah. I directed about half of it or yeah. so. I shot it all, cut it all, mm-hmm. did all the uh, music and stuff. Or not all the music, actually. Uh, Emily Strange, who was, uh, she played a character in it. She also yeah. provided some super cool, um, uh, kind of jammy, kind of like synthy and like guitar kind of stuff. Sure. And I actually ended up during the big climax of it, I, I took one of her cues and I chopped it up mm-hmm. and, and retimed it to the scene. And then I scored strings on top of it. Oh, that's fun. To where it was like like a chopped and screwed version of her thing with orchestra on top. Hell yeah. And it really worked worked really well. Very nice. I car- I carried some uh what I I carried some quick cables yeah. uh behind the camera. Oh, you were a character. And uh you were in that. Oh, I wasn't that, wasn't I? Yeah, you. Who was I? Uh, you were. Was uh, I the? I got to be in the dinosaur suit for a minute, right? Yeah. But Did I were, make that up? Yeah, you were blood hunk. Oh, I was blood hunk. That's yes. right. I was blood hunk, and I got to be the T Rex in yeah. a shot or two. Yeah, but that, that being fun. said, like my that was my thought is like if we're doing sketch comedy, like yeah. I'm not interested in doing anything other than yes, Key and Peele. Sure. So that being said, with the caliber of Key and Peele, yeah. getting the news that Jordan Peele was writing and directing his first horror horror movie, yeah. I wasn't at all. I wasn't one of those, huh? Yeah, the guy who does com like no, like sure. Watch the show. Horror and comedy, first of all, play. They have very similar beats and yep. like a scare and a laugh. Yep, they're both about creating reactions from yep. people and breaking tension, creating and breaking tension in different yes. ways. Uh, yeah, sure. So you looked at, and I don't know. Do you know if he was involved in the sort of production side of Key and Peele? I didn't see anything about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, um, I, I'm sure they had a writers' room, and I'm sure. sure they, you know, I am certain he direct. Like that's that's right where he cut his teeth directing. Sure. Was uh, and I'm not sure if Key Key does that as much. Key yeah. is an actor. He is an actor, and that's that's one of the things I wanted to say. As long as we're talking about Key and Peele, I was really happy. So there was a film that I think Mike Birbiglia directed. Do you know him, the comedian? Yeah. Mike Birbiglia directed it, and I forget what it was called. Um, but it was about improv teams, and it was basically there's this improv team where one of them kind of makes it big, and then they have to deal with like jealousy and their friendships mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Really great movie, and uh uh. Keegan-Michael Key was one of the stars of that. And this came out not too long after either I had heard about or seen Get Out, and right. I knew it was this huge phenomenon. And it was I was very happy to see him doing stuff where I'm like, oh, cool. Because I always hate it when it's like this cool team, and then one person explodes and just becomes enormous, and then the other person doesn't do anything. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of natural to have that where one person's just going to you yeah, know, sure. do something big, and the other person's not going to be as big. It's hard to be equal. But at the same time... Yeah. 
I would have been really sad if he was like if he went back to doing like little clubs or something. You know what sure. I mean? <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't know that Key is like their aspirations. I think were very. They're different. just different. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, I mean, Jordan, when you get to a point where yeah, you win an Academy Award yes. and you said I don't have to act anymore. Yeah, Key's like. All I want to do is act. Sure, right. That's like he, I, I, I'm a, I didn't do a bunch of research on it, but I'm yeah. assuming that's the well, case. And, and it's also the kind of thing where it's like Jordan Peele, and one reason he's so interesting as a creative person is it's not like he's just grown what he was doing the whole time. And he's just yeah. doing a bigger version of what Key and Peele already was. He took a hard left yeah. and then did something completely different to popular and critical acclaim, which is really, yes. really cool. He did, and he. It is very different, but at the same time, yeah. Both of his feature films. Some people f- just think they're dark comedies. I right. don't. I wouldn't classify either one as a dark comedy. Mm, yeah. Um. I think there are dark comical elements. There are moments that moments are funny. That are funny. Yeah. Um. And and the premise at, at some of the key and peel premises are like sure. I, and I sent you some to watch let's, earlier. Let's like, talk about that. Yeah. So some of the sketch premises. In Key and Peele, and you mentioned this when we were talking about doing this episode. Yeah. Some of them gave you an insight into, oh, you can see him doing this stuff yeah. earlier. I mean, the sketch that I always think about with Key and Peele for whatever reason, yeah. I don't know how long after 9-11 they posted this thing, uh-huh. but it's these two characters played yeah. by your two leads. Yeah, They're on an airplane. <laughs> Have wild hairstyles. One There's of, like Jordan Peele's hair looks like has a, it has a bill like a baseball cap, it but it's just his hair. I want to say one of their eyebrows is like has train tracks. It in does. It. You guys train remember tracks. train tracks? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they're wild looking. So really wild looking, really wild characters. They put this big artificial gap in uh, Keegan Michael yeah. Key's teeth. It's so and the funny. whole premise is they're trying to ease everyone, <laughs> ease the tension for everyone because. Yeah. If a Terry, yeah, they call them Terrys, terrorists. A terrorist yeah. is on the plane. <laughs> they brought their own box they're, cutters. They're ready, and they're going yeah. to kill these people. <laughs> and yeah, well, and specifically, the the skit starts out where they're trying to convince the one guy that they're sitting by, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's not like they make a big announcement; it's public. They're like talking to this one guy very intensely yeah. <laughs> about like, "Don't but, you even worry." <laughs> It's so good. The thing that I love so much about their comedy, first of all, there's two things. Yeah. First of all, they're not afraid to just go there. Yeah. Which I think is fun, and yeah. a lot of people are afraid to do so. And sure. you know, sometimes you shouldn't go places, but right. normally the places they go, like I feel like they have some some form of authority to do so. Yes. But the second thing is like they're absurdists, right? They are. The premise isn't. It's absurd, but it's like here. Here's some of the dialogue. I think it's formed me in some way. Uh-huh. With great power comes great responsatrilitras. <laughs> and then that's followed up by saying, Drax them sclouched. <laughs> it's absurd. Yes. And yes. they look so ridiculous. And, and the premise is just so... Yeah dark and it's just too close to home dark yes it's timely it's dark but it's funny at the same time yeah um and, but like yeah. that absurd like yeah drax them sclounced kind of yeah. gives them a kind of kind of gives them a, a an out yeah you know well it does and this also reminds me because when i was thinking about key and peel the show um i was thinking about i thought about dave Chappelle primarily because of the format right and also yeah. because his commentary or his uh, comedy also has sort of a social commentary lean to it um, but I think that 
I personally, I like Key and Peele. I prefer Key and Peele to like even a Chappelle show as uh, as much as I want to do a Dave Chappelle episode. Sure. Um, but especially in light of recent stuff about him and stuff, I feel like Key and Peele, they have just as much sort of social commentary punch to a lot of their comedy. But at the yeah. same time, there's never a question about the perspective that they're bringing. Yeah. They're not as ambiguous as because like and i'm sure if we do an episode on him we'll talk about it but like i remember dave Chappelle was upset because like there were like white supremacists who thought that he was saying something that they could identify with in some of his right right mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i think you're not going to get that sort of confusion from key and peel no do you know what i mean you're not going to get a member of al-qaeda no saying exactly. like Oh, like they understand that the yes. TSA with their travel <laughs> yeah. size, yeah. travel size toothpaste bombs yeah. aren't big enough. Exactly. So, like, that's how the TSA, this exactly. one, this great mighty yeah. force, is stopping Al Qaeda. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's like they have they have a clear, and that's something I think that when I was thinking about Jordan Peele's career, that I can see. Uh, a trend or yeah. similarities in in both of his sort of big phases of his career is like his films when he gets to making films yeah. have also a clear perspective that even us which we'll talk about and which is less specific i think yeah. is a little more ambiguous it's still the perspective itself is super clear yeah um it is. There, there's no question about the kind of thing he's saying mm-hmm. it's just what specifically is that well yeah you know what's um, great about us and we'll get to it is that yeah the idea sprung from like a legitimate like just fear yes of sure looking over and seeing yourself seeing yourself there yeah it's terrifying um and then finding we'll get there yeah we'll get there but i i think you see you see that early on or not early on but you see it in the key and peel show yeah. as well where it's like even if it's not like a skit has a clear because it's not preachy it's funny primarily no, it's not preachy at all. It's, I mean, it's funny you primarily have, you also have like skits and i, I sent you this <clears throat> one today where yeah it's a kid. I love this in one. a hospital bed. I love this skit. Dying. Yeah. Played by Jordan Peele. Played by Jordan Peele. <laughs> Obviously not a Which child. Doesn't he have a blonde wig on? Like he's like little... wearing like some sort of like weird bowl cut. It's wig. got bowl cut on it. Yeah. And he's got like the you know uh, his face is clean shaved. Mm-hmm. And he's talking like you know like yeah. kind of like a child with high voice. <laughs> and make a wish is there. <laughs> make a wish is there to like. Ugh. Hey, I don't remember the kid, it, his name. Uh, I don't either, but the Make-A-Wish representative, his doctor is played by Keegan-Michael Key, and the, the Make-A-Wish representative is uh, Lauren Lapkus, who's yes. hilarious she's as well. Yeah, And she's like, and, and the whole premise is, we're here to make your dreams come, like, what Absolutely. do you want to do? Like, do you want to, like, be Superman for a meet day? Your, meet your favorite, you know, right. sports stars, whatever. Yeah. And he, and he, he just staring <laughs> forward and slowly looks up at him and says... I want to drown a man. <laughs> well, that's that's not. <laughs> I, I want to drown a man in a bathtub <laughs> until his, he gurgles his last breath. That's like the idea of like you know what would be funny if like you're at, you're at the hospital with this Make a Wish kid, yeah. But is yeah. but he's like yeah. like he's he's gonna die before he gets a chance to kill somebody. And like he's like, yeah. And then he says something. Doesn't absurd. he say like, "I want to pee in your mouth"? <laughs> yeah, both of yours. <laughs> it's it's just it's that's incredibly dark. And as and, you were saying, there's sort of the absurdity lets them out of that darkness right. a little bit. And there are no yeah. kids. Like it's not a there's kid. No kids in there. It, yeah, it's abs- It's it's yeah. a 
35-year-old man yes. playing a Make-A-Wish child who wants to, his last wish is to finally kill a man. And it's because, so good. Because some people just have that. Right. It's <laughs> you know? so well done. Yeah. And it's just, they're all, they were always yeah. thinking of what ifs and wouldn't this be weird and... Yeah. I don't even know if they're thinking like edgy. I think that's just like it's just how it comes I, I out. I think it's probably. just Jordan Peele's mind. Yeah. Well, um, and so in um, so he did a film. He did a feature film before uh, Get Out that he and Key were in yeah. that I didn't actually see called Keanu? Keanu. Yeah, I watched some of it. Did you watch some of it? How How did you find it? I'm sure it was funny. Yeah. Um, I started watching it and it was like. I just don't know that it was my yeah. thing. Sure. Um, it didn't feel enough like a uh, Key and Peele sketch. Yeah. It almost felt like... Like sort of a pre-made thing where they were like, let's get Key and Peele to do yes, this kind of thing. It didn't feel like yeah. theirs. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think, shoot, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Sure. I don't know who wrote it. I'm sure they were producers on it or something. Oh, I don't know. I was just... Yeah. But it definitely wasn't a directed by these guys kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really see that movie. I, I would actually like to see it at this yeah. point knowing... Me too. Um, kind of what Jordan Peele's done, um, but at the same time, like he's acting in it. He didn't really want to be an actor. Yeah. Um, so that at the that at the same time, like that part of it's like knowing yeah. that like that's not his thing. Yes. Um, and 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 I think that's you know if Keanu had been and it may have been amazing, but I don't remember it being a it wasn't a cultural phenomenon certainly. Right. If it had been if it had like you know gone huge. And then he had starred in some more comedies, right? Yeah. Even if he had like written them or co-written <laughs> yeah. them or whatever. And he was just like a comedy movie star now. Yeah. Right? That would be the the sort of logical Yeah. You know, you that's go, a dark oh, that's a dark future. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I mean that's the when you project it outward from twenty sixteen, you would have gone, that's how this guy's either yeah. going to continue to make it or mm-hmm. not, right? It's funny just yeah. thinking of Jordan Peele as an actor. Yeah. There's a movie did you ever see Wanderlust? No, I didn't. Um, it's I, I want to say it's a. They were in it though, right? Jordan Peele was in it. Oh, okay. He played a supporting character. Just okay. it's this kind of commune, and he's yeah. just one of the people at the commune. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just so ridiculous. But like uh, the premise is like this: this uh, wife and husband go to this commune. To, they're sorting stuff out in their marriage. And yeah. It's uh, who, who is it? Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's just so funny. Um, but they're they're at this commune, and Jordan Peele's character. I want to say he took Paul Rudd's character's car mm-hmm. and drove it into the pond at one point. So the car is in the pond. Yeah. Paul Rudd comes up and says, <laughs> he says he says something like, "How how did this happen? What what did you what did you do with my car?" He said, "Well, I was, I was I got I got in the car and turned on the car. Cut to your car's in the pond." <laughs> And then he says it again. Yeah. Cut to your and yeah. I was like, oh, he's so funny. Yeah, and that that's absurd. Did you know who he was at that point? Uh, I actually did not. But knowing who he is now, like, uh, it's even funnier. Yeah, I need to see that. And so that also came out. It's in, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's okay. Well, I need to see that scene then, I guess. Um, but nevertheless, so they had done Keanu together, um, and then in 2017, in February 2017, is when Get Out comes out. Yeah. Well, let's also say Key and Peele. Uh, was yeah. not uh, stopped. Mm. Uh, it was not canceled. Mm. They were actually their ratings were the best they'd had ever been. Okay, and they decided to stop while they were on top. That's great. And I think part of that comes from Jordan Peele wanting to, wanting do, to do something else for sure. Uh, so Get Out comes out. I remember I didn't see Get Out 
when it first was released. I did. I didn't see it until maybe a year after it had come out. I don't think I saw it till 2018 or something. And I'd heard great things, but I just, for one reason or another, I didn't go to the you know yeah. so, cinema. So Jordan Peele writes Get Out. Several, yeah. Actually, several years ago now. It was before he even married his wife, Chelsea Peretti. Yes. So he had this idea and a few different ideas for these kind of social thrillers. He was mm-hmm. a huge fan of movies like Rosemary's Baby yeah. and... Um, What's the other one he always mentions? Uh, Step the Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives. Oh yeah, so those, sure, sure. Those are his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the movies when he was growing up that were like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Yeah. Cut to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in production on this movie, so yep. he's got this. Cut back. He's got this idea for a movie <laughs> uh-huh. where it's stars a relatively unknown uh, black male lead. Mm-hmm. And it's about this man, this black man, being lured into a uh, liberal-leaning yes. family yes. to be strapped down and surgically pushed pushed down into his his uh, subconscious, so yes. a, a, an old dying white man could take his body. Yes, God. How are you going to get that movie made <sighs> in America? Yeah, right. And you mm-hmm. know, you're you're in a you're in a place where like. This is post Obama America. Yeah. And he's essentially making a big comment on racism and white liberals. Yes. To where yes. like yes. his version of modern racism, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. looks different. Yes. Um now, unfortunately, we see that like it's become very clear. It's been <laughs> become very yeah. clear that yeah. we There's no haven't question. progressed as much as we right. hoped we had. Right. Exactly. Or at least the loud but, voices. Or as much as and, and I think I think to some extent to Jordan Peele's point and get out, at least as far as I understand it, we haven't progressed as much as we congratulated ourselves for having progressed. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean, one thing that he's responding to, and I've heard him say this in some interviews and stuff, in Get Out, one thing he was responding to is all this notion, this sort of myth of a post-racial America, right? I mean, how sort of at least some white folks, even liberals, right? Yeah. Patted themselves on the back and were like, sweet racism's over. Because we have, you know, Obama yeah. as president, you, you should, something like yeah, that. Yeah, let me let me tell you the story about my black friend. Right, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, of course, yeah, yeah. No, I've, it is. I've got my black friend. It is that move, yeah, um, for sure. So it's going to be difficult to get this made, and he knows this. Uh huh. But I'm going to rewind a little bit more. Okay. A little movie drops called Paranormal Activity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity was made for fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. And it made. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. $193 million yeah. worldwide. Yeah. This movie, this little found footage horror movie, kickstarted essentially a a horror production mega. Yeah, like a renaissance Trump. or yeah, yeah. exactly. Um and this is this this play this company's called Blumhouse. Yep. Blumhouse uh productions, I think. Yep. And it's uh owned and operated by Jason Blum. Mm-hmm. So Jason Blum on the success of uh, Paranormal Activity, mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh, we just made $193 million on $15,000, let's start investing a bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Instead, he says, we're going to cap it off at $10 million for the big ones, yep. $1 million for the small ones. Absolutely. And we're going to make a lot of them, but here's the deal. If you agree to make a Blumhouse movie for... Four million dollars. Yep, we're not going to step on your cre- creativity. Yes, the creatives are king. Yes, 
And if and the budgets we, are small because of it. The budgets are, budgets are small, yes. but the creatives are king. Yep. And if you pitch us the thing that we believe in, it's yours. It's yours, and it's funded. Um. Yeah. So real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna spout off a, a few. Okay. A Blumhouse movies. Sure. Um. So Insidious. Uh-huh. Did you see Insidious? I did. Insidious was uh, uh James Wan. Yep. And uh, uh, Lee Wanell who wrote it, mm-hmm. and though that was the team behind Saw, the yep. first Saw movie. Yep. Um, Lee went on to write a few more, but James Wan just did the first one. Sure. And then Blumhouse uh, gives them one point five million dollars to uh-huh. make Insidious, and turns that around for ninety seven million dollars. Yeah. Uh huh. Sinister. Uh-huh. If you have saw Sinister, did see that Sinister? was yeah. similar. Three million dollar movie made eighty seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> written and directed by Scott Derrickson. <sighs> yeah. So James James Wan and Scott Scott Derrickson kind of get their their big breaks and start with Blumhouse. Jason Blum get yeah. like tossing them a couple million dollars and sure. Uh, Scott Derrickson went on to write and direct Doctor Strange. Yep. James Wan went on to write and direct. I think he wrote it, or at least co wrote it. Uh, Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. skyrocketing, boosting careers, and James yes. Wan went on to make a bunch of like The Conjuring and a, a bunch of stuff. For sure. So The Purge, mm-hmm. The Purge yeah. was huge. Was huge. Yeah. Um, it's it's a franchise. I was that, gonna say yeah. It didn't like it didn't have diminishing returns on every sequel, right? Some of those sequels sure. have have come to at least critically from what I've heard. I haven't had my ear super close to the ground yeah. on that, but some of those have been clever. They're not just. Purge sure. two, purge three, purge four. Yeah, they they yeah. try to put a new and yeah. fresh take on it each time. And there's a series as well for the purge. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is like even the biggest purge movie is not going to be more than ten million dollars. No, to make. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, is a very smart business model. Yeah. Uh, uh, so a movie Mike Flanagan made Oculus. Yep. He went on to make Hush. Yep. Uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, all yep. for Blumhouse. Yep. That boosted his career to go and make The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Um, he just made Doctor Sleep, who we've uh-huh. talked about before. Talked about them. Um, talked about that movie. Yep. Blumhouse not only makes direct straight horror movies, they uh-huh. but you can tell they like thriller, tension, whatever. Yeah. Blumhouse made Whiplash. Really? Whiplash is Damien Chazelle. Didn't know that. La okay. La Land fames. Sure. First, uh, first legitimate feature, I guess. He made like oh. a student film, film mm-hmm. um, Guy and Madeline on a park bench, which was mm. very low, ultra low budget. I think he made it in school. So you've, uh, and then Blumhouse then goes on to make the new Halloween movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. they made uh, with uh, Danny, oh, Danny, uh, Danny McBride, McBride. Uh-huh. co-wrote yep. that movie. Yep, yep. <laughs> Didn't spend more than ten million on it, yeah. and it you know it turned around and made two hundred fifty-five million. Yep. So this horror thriller odd production company, yeah, are taking risks. Yep, and they're letting creatives be creative, but calculated risks. Calculated risks. Not sure. crazy risks. And that allows them to be risky. So when I hear Jordan Peele is going to make his first, writing and directing his first feature for Blumhouse, I'm like, yes, perfect. Yeah. He can he can make the whatever kind of statement he wants to. Yeah. And if, if he believes in this thing enough and he delivers on what's in his head, it's going to... Yeah, be made well. It's yeah. going to be put in theaters, mm-hmm. and the audience will decide whether he's going to be a name or not. Right? And, and yes. And so the budget on Get Out is four and a point, half, four point five million dollars, four and a half million, and it made two hundred fifty-five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, not a bad day's work. Not a bad, not a bad day's work. Yeah. So without 
a, a, a production company like Blumhouse, mm-hmm. like we probably wouldn't know the Jordan Peele we know. Yeah, we wouldn't know like. It's a good the, point. He's he's it's he's an point. oddball. His yeah. his tastes are very kind of old school. Sure. Like I mean, Twilight Zone. Exactly. I, I I came across an article today that called him the the bona fide heir to Hitchcock, and absolutely, you can certainly see it. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. His 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 pacing is is patient. He has these ideas. Let's talk about let's talk about genre for a second. We can use this as a way to as a way to sort of get into Get Out a little bit. But Get Out was nominated was nominated for an Oscar, right? Yes. Um, and it was not. Did it win? I don't um, remember. He was nominated. It was nominated for Best Picture, I think. Okay. Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. Okay. He won Best Original Screenplay. Yes. But um, it, but it was also wasn't it um at least nominated for something like best comedy slash musical because i remember that was yes. a that was so, a sort of big upset I don't, I, don't, I don't remember if it was comedy musical it may have been comedy musical something musical uh-huh. I, it probably was let me look musical. and see here yeah but it's and we've talked about this several times on this podcast so far on the yes. however many episodes we, we've released 10 11 12 yeah uh, 13 the idea that genre in horror specifically is pulp nonsense right it's not it's Sophist- not sophisticated. It's not something to be critiqued. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. just who cares. Yeah. Yeah. It's exploitative, sensationalist garbage. Yeah. That the lower classes probably enjoy. Yes. <laughs> it's a very classist yeah. critique. Yeah. And the, the Golden Globes, uh, the 75th Golden Globes, it received two nominations one for best actor, comedy, or musical, and one for best motion picture, comedy, or musical. Right. And so, so I just wanted to bring that up as a way to talk about genre in relation to his films. I read both Get Out and Us as horror films. Sure. I just think there's no question. They're just horror films. Yeah. Um, the the term, and I think you used this term earlier when we were talking, actually. I've seen the term social thrillers yep. used a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's referred to them as social thrillers. Yeah. Well. And I wonder to what extent that's sort of PR move. Not right. that he's trying to distance himself from horror, but just so that he can talk with people and they don't think he's making splatter films or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are there are social commentary. There's no question. He's yeah. using horror in the way that, for example, a lot of sci-fi writers will use sci-fi, where you want to talk about something, and so you have these fantastical elements that help you get to the heart of it. Right. But I, they just read as horror to me, both of them. Yeah. Both no, of them absolutely. just read as horror films. And I think we're getting to a place, especially in the past 10 years, where it's like horror is not, no longer a dirty word. Right. For Even for the Academy. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. And Well, you have filmmakers like Jordan Peele, who are doing this. You have Robert Eggers, who we've done an episode on. You have Mm -hmm. Ari Aster, who we're going to do an episode on. You have folks making these movies. You have production companies like Blumhouse and A24 um, that are promoting and or producing these movies that are sophisticated while being scary, right? Yeah, and what's what's interesting about keeping... What's interesting is like horror as a genre, because of the idea... That it's a little bit more on the... It's less about what it's about and more about what it does to you. Yes. Um, it's like, are are you going to ride a roller coaster because it because somebody famous paid for it? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. no, you're going to ride it because of the way it makes you feel. Yes. So you can take horror movies that are... If the concept is interesting enough and yeah. it's well done enough, you don't need a, a well-known actor. Yeah. Um, and it can go True. into a theater and True. it can do very well. True. Just like pa- Paranormal Activity had a bunch, had yes. no one knows who those people no. were. So no. Maybe even still maybe are. Maybe even still. Yeah. Um, 
and and horror has a dedicated fan base, right? Yes. There are people who I'm just going to go see a movie because it's a horror movie and it's out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it looked cool and I like that type of movie, so I'm going to go. Yes. Um, and but it's expanding beyond that, I think. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that I think that was my point was yeah. that like there are reasons that like those kind of like opinions on genre yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, sure. Some horror know, movies are that. Yeah. Some absolutely. horror movies are exploitation and and splatter, you know, yeah. grindhouse, whatever. And I like that stuff. I like lowbrow. Sure. That's I'm into it. But at the same time I like I like sophisticated, you know, Jordan Peele's movies are about something. They're saying yeah. something other than just be scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I found a good quote from Vanity Fair that I'll share, which was um, talking about us primarily, but I think it works with both of his films, is that um, it's a movie that doesn't so much disobey the rules of a genre as it proves them secondary to the film's ideas. And so it's horror, right? Yeah. In, on my view, this, re- this no, quote means completely. it's horror, but at the same time, it ain't horror first in a film with certain ideas second. Yeah. It is a Jordan Peele film with certain ideas, and then it just also happens to be horror movie, right? Yeah. Something like this. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's the same with comedy. Like, you know, yeah. you can have laughs and yeah. be saying, have something you really, like, feel you need to say or share. Yes. Or exactly. even the craft of it can be, like, you know, really elevated. Sure. So let's talk about Get Out a little bit then. What does Get Out mean? What's it about? I mean, this has been talked to death all over the internet, yeah. but just quickly, let's talk about our thoughts on it or or if yeah. you want to talk about production or whatever, you know, no, just I've, in terms of Get Out. I'm sure I'm sure anyone who's been listening knows our dynamic. Sure. And like, uh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. This is, this. you, oh. t- you take the lead on <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You love this stuff. I do love this stuff. And, and I, mean, I do too. Right. But you, I mean, knowing you're me, the doctor. knowing me, you know that I'm going to like Jordan Peele for these reasons, right? Yes. I mean, he's saying, he's doing social commentary. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little bit highbrow and it's a little bit, um, it's about culture. It's about, I mean, obviously it's about this garbage nonsense about this myth of a sort of post-racial America in the wake yeah. of Obama, right? And obviously, and very unfortunately, it's become more poignant into the Trump presidency, right? Yeah. Where we see explicit white supremacy in, in mainstream Oh, it's okay. it's okay that I show my face again? Whew, dope. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hashtag I'm a, not dope, I'm keep, <laughs> That's for all you Gen Z listeners. <laughs> that's how you get through to them. I'm 33. Uh, I saw them called Zoomers the other day, Gen Z people, which is like people who are, what, 20? How old is Gen Z? Are they like, I don't know. Are they 30 now? Are they right behind us? I don't even no, know. Okay. No. They're like 25 I, at this point or something probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's blurry. Gen Z, get ready, man, because somebody's yeah. coming up behind you. Yeah. Uh, somebody's gonna hit twenty one, and they're gonna have a name next. But anyway, Zoomers, that's fun. Uh, Zoomers, yeah, I like that. Nevertheless, Get Out's about this faux post race America, and it's particularly about this one specific type of racism. Right, there are lots of different types of racism. Yeah, but it's this racism that pretends to be appreciation. It pretends that I appreciate i as a white person appreciate you as a yeah. black american person mm-hmm. um or just a black person that have you all all right? all but, at the same time drawing a line in the sand <laughs> yeah, you know? of course yeah yeah it's not i mean and this is part of the whole thing is like it's about the type of racism he's talking about is about quote unquote appreciating uh someone who's different from you but at the same time you're essentializing them yeah the the lead character and i forget um 
I forget his name in Get Out. Um, I have it here. Hold on. The character's uh, name. The cat- Chris. Uh, Chris. Chris yeah. Washington. The, the, the white family that he's visiting sees him as primarily a black person. Yes. Not primarily as Chris. Yeah. And then someone well, one who... Of the, one of the first things yeah. the dad says is, I, bo- I voted for Obama. <laughs> I voted for Obama. Yeah. As if this has... As if this, you know, makes him... It legitimizes him to Chris yeah. in some particular type of way. Yeah. But the th- I don't know. The thing for me that takes it... So it, it all revolves around this sort of essentializing of people. And this happens with all sorts of people, right? It, this is about... Uh, race and so it's about black people in this quote unquote liberal progressive right you know context but at the same time it also happens obviously with women women are like this right yeah. um black people are like this i mm-hmm. mean it's just it's just not respecting people as individuals one thing that's amazing about get out in terms of and this has been said a bunch of places these are not my original ideas but how it inverts what's scary yeah what is scary to someone who is a white person in America is different than what's scary to someone who's a black person in America very often. Yeah. And so the opening scene, do you remember the opening scene of Get Out? I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, what's that actor's name? Oh, I don't know the actor's name. Um, uh, he's in he, he he's in Atlanta. He was in... Uh, okay. Sorry to bother you. He's superb. Yeah. He's so good. And he is later in the film again, right? Um, yes. But it's him walking. It's this one character who's a black actor walking in a suburban area. Right. And he's talking to a buddy on this phone. And he's talking about how creepy it is out he there. He doesn't feel safe. He doesn't feel safe out there. Yeah. And just that scene is like so... I mean for at least speaking for myself as a white person watching this film is so perspective shifting absolutely in an interesting way yeah right just highlighting things that immediately make sense when you think about them but you just aren't forced through your lived experience to think about them day to day absolutely um and so you immediately see it as oh it's not this idyllic suburb that where nobody's around to threaten you it's empty and desolate yeah, and who knows what people are doing, right? This yeah. is very, and it has this sort of Stepford Wives type of, mm-hmm. you know. And I heard I was listening to an interview with him today where he was talking about how his t- favorite types of horror movies are horror movies that happen where the terror happens in very idyllic places, right? right. So he doesn't like grungy old haunted houses where everything looks creepy. He likes very nice places. And right. He, he used mm-hmm. the example of the Overlook where he was like. You know, in The Shining, the Overlook, that should be great. Everything's, you know. It's big, grand, beautiful. Big, empty, nice. You got the place to yourself. And then that's the place where the sort of terror sets in. Right. So that's in there. Obviously, the trope of when the police lights or when the sirens show up. At the end. Yeah, the lights show Um, up at the end. When I watched it, my stomach sunk. Oh, yeah. And apparently, that was the initial ending. The original ending. ending. Yes. It was just going to be that. And I'm curious as to whether that would have played in a more powerful way. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know that I don't know that that would have been the right decision. I mean, I'm sure he yeah. you know has a good perspective on it, but but that's that's I, that's the this is what life is yeah. decision. It gives you no yeah, it gives you no yeah. relief <laughs> to a large yeah. extent. Yeah. So I would be interested I would love to see that cut of the film anyway. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, at at the same time like yeah. I do think the current ending, I, I agree that, that that ending might have been more powerful. Sure. But there's something about Jordan Peele's style that's yes. playful enough yes. that opens the conversation. Yeah. He uses art as a medium to 
enter the door yes. so that a conversation could be had. Yeah. Well, and, and to some extent, I mean, now that we're talking it through and I'm speaking off the cuff, but now that we're talking through it, there is a sense in which the point is made either way. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The point is made when those lights come on and you go, oh, shit. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? You're doing the work. You've already done that work. If just to, to that, have it be a white policeman and then the guy is like, you're in trouble or you get shot or whatever. I, I just yeah. changed, I just changed my mind. I think it's more powerful. To not have it be that way? Yes, because okay. you already feel the thing. Yeah. And then it gives you the relief yes. that oh, now you're thank think, goodness. Now you're yeah. now you're putting yourself in yes. a in a place where you're like, I'm glad yes. that it glad wasn't that a wasn't white the, police I'm, officer. Yes, I'm glad that wasn't the cops. Instead of like, yeah. oh the, the, this 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 ending yeah. is a bummer. Now you're like, oh, I just Oof. learned something about myself. Yes. Instead of just being yeah, sure. shown reality, you put the reality in there and then it's not there. Yeah. And you're like, Oh that's true. That's what I thought. That's true. So I, 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 and this is why he's a master, yeah, right? I mean, this is why no, he's absolutely. he's incredible. Um, so anything else on Get Out? Yes. Okay. So part of what what makes Blumhouse so great against it, it's just, yeah. it's 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 creative freedom, right? Uh huh. And when you're a first time director, typically you don't get a bunch unless you're just making your own movie for like the your own money that you got financed. But if it's like something that's going to be Re- release theatrical like mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of choices but yeah. Blumhouse you do yeah so the producers approach Jordan Peele like okay we're making this movie we're making it with Jason Blum here, here are the things we need to figure out one of the things was we need to find your composer yeah so typically what happens and uh, this actually it's the reason I mentioned this well first of all like I love director composer team of course I, yeah I we'll do an episode about it yeah yeah. So first of all, this is this is an experience I had recently, uh-huh. where I well, a couple years ago I I ended up uh, pitching to score a movie for Blumhouse. Oh yeah. It wasn't a theatrical movie. It was a mm-hmm. it was a straight to Netflix movie, and uh, I was f- friends ish with the director more so now, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but friends enough to where we got our foot in the door. Chris and I, uh, who I own sound business with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pitching to one of the producers to score this movie. The movie's called Family Blood. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. Yeah. We got the job to sound design and mix the film. I wanted to score it very badly. Yeah. It was. I, I made an hour's worth of just demos. Really? And was yeah. just sending it to the producer during production. Like, yeah. don't forget me. Don't forget. Don't forget Don't me. forget, dog. Um, at check the time, I, I had done a couple features, but mm-hmm. nothing had been released. Sure. And when you're... When you're a composer, you know the 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 job of music is for some producers the job of mu- like if if a movie does well, yeah, and there was a composer on it, sure, then in their brains, if I hire that composer again, yes, that's going to help the movie do well, yes. Um, so if you've never if you've never really proved yourself as a composer, yeah, it's very it's hard hard to get yeah, jobs, of course. So you know the producers are come to Jordan Peele, and normally. Uh, what the producer says here's here's the list of composers yeah. that the um the the production company is good trusts yeah. is good with mm-hmm. and that happened on Family Blood sure so Family Blood was scored by uh, a, a, a scoring duo called the Newton Brothers okay and it was ac- they were actually in talks with the guy we we're get to, getting ready to talk to wow. about potentially scoring it very cool um but I don't think that happened or, sure. Or, or, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, yeah. Um, the Newton brothers had done Oculus. They had done uh, Ouija Origin Evil. They oh, did nice. Hush. They do all Mike Flanagan stuff. They, so they cool. just scored Haunting of Hill House. They just scored Dr. Sleep. 
That's they've done cool. all of his stuff and they That's will continue cool. to do so. And I got to know those guys a little bit and yeah. I, I was their music editor nice. to where like I actually got to manipulate their stems in a way that very cool. Netflix recut the movie after yeah. their job was done. Sure. And I had to create new cues with their music. That. And yeah. that was actually a big learning experience for me. And that's super cool. You know, at this point I'm like, I don't know if I would have been ready to score that movie, but I still kinda wish I had done I it. I mean, learn by doing, yeah. yeah. You did the right thing in trying to. Um so the director um mm-hmm. wasn't Jordan Peele. Yes, he was a producer on a on a well known uh, some well known horror movie, movies, but this was his first or his second director directorial debut. Or sure, his the Family Blood effort. guy. Yes. Yeah. So the the production company was like, we trust these people, these people, these people, and they're like, okay, we're going with the Newton brothers. Sure. Cool. Yeah. That kind of should have happened with Get Out, probably. Yeah. But but Jordan Peele said, actually, Jason Blum and the producers and and Blumhouse, there's this high school music teacher that posted this uh, video online of yeah. this of this original orchestration <laughs> that I'm really into. I'd like to approach him about scoring my movie. Wow. What? So right. interesting. So we're going to listen to just a little bit. Ooh, of, okay. Tell, uh, tell me his name really quick. You got his name on hand? Yeah. Uh, his name is Michael Abels. Okay. Uh, this was the guy that was like in talks to do Family Blood. And I remember okay. thinking before yeah. I even saw, this was before Get Out came out. Sure. And I remember thinking, ah, Michael Abel's that idiot. He's going to take the job from me. And now I'm like a big fan. Sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so here, yeah. here's uh, him and his, I don't know if this is his high school uh, quartet or ensemble, but yeah. this is what Jordan Peele heard and okay. was like, oh, there's something here. This is what made him want this guy for yes. Get Out. Cool. yeah so there's dissonance i like that so much there's there's dissonance it's it's orchestral but there's yeah rhythm yes it's rhythm it's groove there's no real like melody or anything no. uh-uh. um and this was like a middle-aged african-american yeah music teacher yeah and he gets a call from God. from one of the producers on get out and he said Essentially, he's like, oh, I don't believe you, bye. Or he, or yeah, he sure, got of course. A, a voicemail. Yeah. And then he was put in contact with Jordan Peele, and Jordan God. Peele of Key and P- yeah. Peele fame, yeah. writing and directing his own movie, was like, listen, I really like what you're doing. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And normally, you you make a demo. Sure. And, the, and, and if the demo is good, you might have the job, or yeah. you might still get fired. Yeah, sure. They had like a really long conversation, and then Jordan Peele said, you're hired. Like That's, I like you, we're on the same page. That is so cool. So <laughs> it's just so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> and uh so he, he starts demoing stuff after he gets the job and yeah. they're, they're kind of feeling out. Yeah. And you can even hear like there's some like oh old school like Herman, but without like yes. the grand grandness. Yeah. And that stuff's all over get out. Yes. And us. Yep. He didn't do us, did he? He did. He did. He did. Interesting. Oh man, we'll talk about the score for that. But yeah. yeah. So he 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 gets the job. 
Yeah. And uh, Jordan Peele wants to start the movie, mm-hmm. not the very first scene, but the very first kind of title sequence with, he wants it to be like what he calls, he said, he said, I want a ghostly Negro spiritual. Yeah. Uh, like dark, haunting rhythm. Yeah. African-American voices just sure c- calling out and basically yeah. like pain and, and, and yeah. fear. Yeah. And, uh, I, I want to say that the lyrics are uh, Siki Lisa something. Um, but that's that's what got him the job. Yeah. So Get Out comes out, does very well. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele gets a call from Steven Spielberg. And Steven says, good job, great movie. Yeah. This Michael Abel's guy... Keep him around. Oh my god! He said. Uh, he said, "Keep working with him." He's like, "It's like it's." He said, "It's like me and John Williams." Oh my god! And you know, Jordan feels like just like, "Oh my god, I I have my John Williams. I'm doing right. my things. Yeah. I got the Spielberg got call. The, <laughs> the Spielberg stamp um, of approval. <laughs> exactly. So so he goes on to. Oh my god! That continue to work so with cool. Michael Abels, and Michael Abels is no longer a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine he's done a couple other films too, Damn. but like. That's so cool. He's doing some cool stuff. That makes me want to, because I've been I've been writing some fiction recently, and I've been listening to scores while I do it, and I had completely missed him, and that's yeah, whoo, that like groove with it too, that like yes, that um, beat, and it's like driving. Yeah, it's so good. A lot of your your kind of typical like horror composers, yeah, have their kind of tricks of the trade, their yeah. tool bag, and yeah, I'm not going to name any of them specifically. Sure. Um, there are a few that do a lot of these Blumhouse movies, mm-hmm. and their thing is dissonance, mm-hmm. texture, yeah, boom, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. Sure, yeah. If you put that and get out, yeah, it's not the same movie. It's not the same movie. Yeah, J- sure. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing with Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. Yes, like Elfman's flavor, yeah, elevates well, what Tim Burton's doing, and also, and in the same way, I think yes. Michael Abels is doing that for Jordan Peele, and, and also Jordan Peele's career as a filmmaker. And his career as a comedian, as far as insofar as I know it, but certainly his career as a filmmaker. I mean, this is part of giving meaning to all layers. Do you know what I'm saying? So right. like, it's like a, like professional chefs, from what I understand. I don't know. I don't know shit about cooking really, but professional chefs, from what I understand, will add flavor at various steps of preparing a yeah. dish. Do you know what I'm saying? And so like Jordan Peele is adding meaning all the way through, right? Yes. If he wants old spirituals to influence the sort of music in his movie about mm-hmm. a particular thing this is meaning all the way through right this is something you find in us as well not just in the music right. but yeah definitely that's so, so cool i had to get my composer stuff in no there. definitely that's amazing i'm gonna look that guy up for sure does he have stuff on like streaming services or yep like um, yeah. well I, i'm not sure about like sure stuff that's not film music right but um but he has his scores up. but since yeah. get out that piece has been performed Ugh. a ton god that's great um it's super cool that is so cool very cool anything else about uh get out before we move on to his next film um i'll probably think of it halfway through oh, the that's next fine one. that's fine so in um in 2017 he releases get out and then more recently uh when was us released it was released in 2018 so 2018 us comes out first of all just what's your thought about us um you got any thoughts about that just general so just to bridge it from us from get out to us yeah watching get out it has a very grounded yeah feel to the movie like guy goes to a place bad things happen and there's this this sense of like 
this this tinge of like the fantastical yeah and the strange and and abnormal and twilight zone yeah yeah that's there because you have these men who are basically being brainwashed surgically brainwashed yeah yeah put other people planting personalities yeah but there was something about it that was very tactile sure um and 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 I, I think that continues into us. Uh-huh. But I think us takes the idea of this the absurd, the abnormal, yeah. the twilight zone. That's all I can think to, sure, to yeah. say. Like this sort of surrealist. Surrealist. Yeah. But it's also like fantastical or something. The pulp you grew up on. Sure. The pulp that he uh-huh. grew up on. Yeah. The idea that like it can be otherworldly it can be wild it doesn't yeah. have to be a guy taking a knife and stabbing yes. someone and then bleeding yeah, yeah, yeah. out yeah you know what i mean yeah it's speculative it's almost like not speculative fiction but it's it's fantastical is the only word can, yes. i can think of so yeah. us what us did for me was it put get out in a spotlight to where elevated get out okay because it went one step further okay and the am, am I making any sense? Like I think so. So the idea with us is that you have these people living underground. Yes. That like if you try and like think of the exact mechanics of how this actually works. Yes. I mean it doesn't. It doesn't work. No. And so you're saying that that shows that that was not the point of Get Out. Is that what you mean? So the way that the mechanics of us are not yeah. the point. If you're concerned about the mechanics of what us is, how but, that uh, is but pulled at the off, same time you've missed it. Like. Yeah. You see it and get out that like the thing that they're actually do- like the idea behind yes. what they're doing to the men is terror. Sure, the mechanics of what they're doing to these men, it's fantastical. You can't put someone else's mind in your mind. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's outlandish. Yeah, and that's I think what Jordan Peele does so well uh-huh. is he grounds these otherworldly, outlandish yeah tales. Yes. And and put and 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 makes them tactile. Well, and I think I wonder if and I wonder if you would agree with this. I think he does that through making it not about the mechanics, right? I mean, yeah. the purpose is what this means. Yes, the purpose is not. I mean, who cares how they do the brain transplants? Right. Nobody and cares. We, we were talking about this earlier when we, yeah. you first got here. I was like, this yeah. is one of my talking points. It's like, yes. When you're thinking as a kid, yeah. who cares how the fire is created in a dragon's belly? Right, right, right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What matters is yeah. they that they burn the villages down with it. Of course, yes. You know? It's the yes. It's the psychological meaning or the narrative meaning, right? Right. Or in Jordan Peele's case, at least so far, the social and cultural meaning of these things. It's not about. It's about the stealing of black identities in various ways, and literally, it's the stealing of black bodies. In various ways, yes. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so, who gives a shit where how the how the pretend brain yeah. surgery he made up works? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think with with Get Out, like the thing that he was trying to say was yeah. very clear. Yes, it was very right there on the nose. Yeah, um, with Get Out, with us. I'm sorry. Yeah, with with us. Yeah, there are a lot of potential. Yes, um, things, and I think yeah. they're all, each one is as as important or relevant as the next. But it's it's like he leaves it kind of open and it's up open. to you to how you really feel about it. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen Us, who are listening because you don't care if it gets spoiled, first of all, just go watch these films. Go watch Get Out and go watch Us. So good. I got, them, I got both movies on iTunes as a package for like 
12 or 15 bucks oh that's so oh, worth come it on. yeah go get that um but nevertheless for those who haven't seen us us is about a family um who go to their summer home right it's a black family they go to their summer home and then they are it's basically starts as a sort of home invasion movie where yes. a family who looks exactly like them except this bizarro family is wearing like red suits and yeah. they have sharp scissors and they're each wearing a single leather glove yes they're each wearing a single leather, leather glove and they show up at this house and it starts as a sort of home invasion movie when the yes. horror kicks off and really that's where the the advertising stops yes and Which, it turns into something completely different i, w- I was so pleased i with, was so pleased with kind of yes. where where it goes where yes. they get away from the house and then they go to their friend's house and then their friends and their friends have this happen to them yes and so it's not just this one family um which is what you're meant to believe at least from mm -hmm. the sort of advertising and things like this but this is a nationwide sort of zombie reckoning apocalypse type deal doppelgangers of all of us come out and and i think this is the biggest difference between the two movies yeah is like the first one was made for four and a half million dollars yes this one's made for 20 million dollars sure bigger budget yep bigger stakes bigger world bigger ideas bigger ideas definitely and i i do think the bigger the ideas get the harder it is to try and wrangle them into a where mechanically where everything just makes sense and everything works yeah exactly i don't care no and i don't think unless it's a unless it's a glaring thing where it's like anyone could have you know so to spoil us completely spoil it turn it off now if you don't want to hear it Ultimately, there are two societies, right? There are two, literally two Americas. There's an America that lives above ground. That's all of us. We you have the, and do you, stuff, whatever. And then you have a... The tethered. The tethered, who are folks who live in underground tunnels and so forth. They're doppelgangers. They're doppelgangers. Are they um, clones? It's not really explained. Right. Um, but they behave... Almost identically to how we do, except it's the sort of shadow version, it's, right? It's the dark version. Yeah. It's the shadow version. And, and he does... And the craft and how he kind of explains that's so good. You yeah, have this... So clever. Uh, you have a, one of their best friends, a woman who's very obsessed with her figure. She's yes. always getting plastic surgery. Therefore, her, her, her tethered version is cutting herself up cutting to itself. change her yes. look yeah uh the little boy in the family is a pyro so the yeah. little boy and the tethered boy is his face is all burned up yep so smart it's super smart and but i mean it does have this level of like duality right and so yeah. and it, it essentially the movie ends with this sort of revolution type thing of the tethered coming up t- above ground to sort of take over and kill their upworldish yeah. selves right to take their their place and the, the, the other place. thing is exactly. that the, the tethered don't speak and i, I want to say so I, in my opinion yeah th- and this is i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on it as soon as i say it sure um because the thing that i think works the least or uh-huh. th- the thing that i don't think works in the movie the yeah. most uh-huh. is also the thing that i think that kind of makes it special okay so i think that too much exposition as to actually what's happening yes makes the viewer think too much about the mechanics of it okay so that it's the these scientists developed this thing yeah yeah, yeah. and that this was their goal yeah. and these people have been but instead of just being like oh this is just some who weird, cares this is just cares? how it works Demon, yes like think about demon possess- just just these yeah. beings that y- your dark self lives under the under the ground of course to me is better than yeah trying to explain it sure 
But yeah. trying to explain it also gives it that old school Hitchcockian. Yes, it does. Uh, it makes it feel like not pulp, sort of old sci-fi pulp story. Exactly. Feel. It makes it at least have the sort of air of a sci-fi horror movie yeah. rather than being a sort of supernatural horror movie. Yeah. And I mean... And also, I, that's just his taste. Yeah, he loves his that taste. Stuff. And um, because of that, I'm yeah. like, if I were making that movie, I would not go that route. Yeah. But because it's Jordan Peele and I yes. know his aesthetic, I'm yeah. like, I, I'm okay with it. And so this movie, to me, Us is certainly about, and this is commonly said, right? It's about class mm-hmm. because you literally have these two Americas. And he weaves in this theme of the hands across America, which was this sort of posturing you know, kind right. of ultimately unsuccessful financially way to help poverty, right? We're right. all going to join 1986, hands. In 1986, like, you basically pay, like, yeah. what, $10 to join something hands. to join hands I across America. I want to say, like, they made something like $30 million or yeah. something. But, but that was a small, that wasn't, that wasn't the majority of the percentage of the money they actually took in, right? Yeah. Most of the money went to, like... Well, I think overhead. I, I, well, I want to <laughs> say they, they made like thirty or forty million dollars. Oh, okay, but fifteen or twenty of it was the sure. cost. Of was it. the cost of like advertising um, and so all this kind of it's, stuff. It's this gesture <sighs> that like yeah. really I think ties into Get Out in a way. Yeah, sure. Um, this idea yeah. of th- this is my black friend. Look, I'm not a racist. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, look what I'm doing for. Look what I'm uh, doing look, for people. Look what I'm doing for a, yeah. a, a class beneath me. Yes, exactly. And and. And then also, of the, you know, this one's not as clearly explicitly about race, in my opinion, anyway, because yeah. y- you were sort of led to think that it was going to be with the advertising and stuff yeah. like that. And then when they get to that white family's house yes. and those folks also have shadow cells who are attacking them, yeah. that was when my mind sort of shifted when I was watching the film, yeah. right? I was like, oh, whatever this is saying, it's not what I thought it right. was saying. And what's interesting is like, uh, my takeaway from most of what I feel the movie is about yeah. isn't a lot of what Jordan Peele has said publicly. Okay. Um, like he's talked about like your inner demons and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. for me, I completely see it as classism or yeah. classists where yeah. you have the people, the high, the high, your higher class and your lower class. Yes. Your lower class, they deal with what they have to deal with. Yeah. They can't get out. Yeah. They're stuck there. Can't yeah. get out can't get out of there you go um, he said it <laughs> right they're stuck in their class yeah where the the upper class is like oh just get a you know just get a job just, just work as hard as i did just work um yeah. but you the, have one class that was born above ground yeah. and one class that was born below ground yeah so that's the difference yes and circumstance you, and of you, where you were born yeah and the lower the the lower america literally can't speak Literally right. can't they speak. They literally don't get to speak. They can't communicate their their yes. ideas. And then the, the punchline of Get Out, right? So this is completely spoiled at this point. The punchline is that there's a little girl that you see at the beginning who comes in, essentially comes into contact with her lower self, and yes. the lower self switches places with her. Yes. And so the mother that you have seen through this entire film is actually from the underworld, and you she's didn't know She's the tethered. It. Yes, she's the and tethered. It, it took her a long time yes. to be able to speak. Yes. So the, so their par- her parents parents assume that whatever happened to her yeah. shook her up so much that she couldn't speak anymore yep. and she she was different she was yeah. darker and more disconnected and she yeah. had to relearn how to speak and all this yeah. but it makes complete sense that like so for me she's the only one who could speak when the tethered come back right yes and she and she has this <sighs> croaking voice oh, which is so interesting good. because the last thing that happens to her before she gets taken down is she's choked yep 
by her tethered yep, self. She is. Yep. Very good. Um, if anything, my thought is that what this movie is saying yeah. is that if you're in a lower class, yeah. if you're born into poverty, yeah. that you literally have to yes. take and steal someone else's of life course. to make it. And this is the sort of, I mean, this is another point, right? Is it is to some extent a criticism of our myth of individual work ethic in America. Sure. Right? The notion is, is the mom really a bad guy because she's really a tethered? Like, no, dude. What other options did she have? Yeah. She had to do this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yes, it was a bad thing, but that's not her fault. But at, the, not, yeah. but at the same time, what's so great about this movie yeah. is that once you start to figure the stuff out, like, yeah. so you have Adelaide, who is yeah. the actual tethered, who yeah. you don't think is a tethered. Yeah, you yeah. have Red, yes. who is her doppelganger. Yes. Who was born above ground. Who was yes. born above ground. Once you learn what happened to Red, yes. you sympathize with both of them. You do. Um, yep. And that's kind of beautiful. That's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, they are both victims of a system that is unfair and awful yeah and so it's not that either of them just set out to be a terrible person Uh but neither are they both i mean they both have blame to some extent at the same time they do yeah but each of them each of their worst qualities are put upon them by the circumstances yes yes neither of them are just malicious individuals red started in uh, uh you know because of what where she where she was forced to to live yeah she started a revolution to kill everyone else yes <laughs> and so um you haven't seen this is a this is a bit of a tangent but i'll say it just very quickly you haven't seen the film parasite have you not yet no the film parasite reminds me of us quite a bit oh um, interesting i would almost say that parasite is done better but we'll do it we'll do an episode on uh bong joon ho at some point yeah um but nevertheless uh there was a good uh, quote i found from the atlantic about us and it was talking about the meaning of it and it expounds some of its sort of open-ended meaning it says uh the writer says my operating theory after one viewing is that us is a movie about marginalization about those americans rising up from the underclasses and dispossessing the masters of ill-gotten wealth and status but the movie could also be about immigration or the increasing salience of quote-unquote replacement rhetoric within white nationalist circles us could be about confronting american uh, complicity in imperialism or gentrification, I could probably connect us to climate change, giving enough time and coffee, yeah. right? Um, and so this was actually one of the critiques I read of us, sure. was that it's not clear what it's saying. It's not taking a, a strong enough, clear it's enough not, stance. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have a strong enough. Yeah. I don't have that read on it. I don't think that's a weakness. I think that's intentional. Right. I think he's woven these themes together in a way that like, it's not a Rorschach test. It couldn't mean anything. No, right? exactly. It's very clear that he has a perspective. Yes. But at the same time, it's not clear that there's a sort of thesis statement in the way that Get Out had a sort of clear... Yeah. You could write in a paragraph what Get Out means culturally. Yeah. Can't do that with us. And so, to some extent, I think that's more impressive, Yeah, almost. That being said, yeah. had it not... Rewind. Yeah. Uh, that's, those were the, the wrong words. Um, okay. I'm a, I'm a writer, not a talker. Right. His... Um, his approach with craft mm-hmm. and his choice with details yeah. enrich the experience in a way that you don't have to have what some of these critiques are looking for, like like what Get Out had. Sure. Um, just real quickly before I get into that, mm-hmm. some of the, some of so have you ever you ever watched those? This movie explained YouTube yeah. videos. Sure. 
which I I, I love those. Um, yeah. I love and hate those. Because, some of them like, are good. Some of them are terrible. <laughs> to explain a movie, like <laughs> sure. most of them yeah. are very much about plot and exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Summaries. Um, summaries yeah. and plot. This is what happened. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I actually watched. Uh, did you ever see um, the guy who made Ex Machina? His second mm-hmm. movie. Mm-mm. Okay, I won't get into that anyway. Okay, but uh, I saw, I saw uh, this movie explained, and then another guy made a, a response saying exactly what I'm about to say, which is a lot of the criti- a lot of this movie, a lot of the explain were so you know the scientists made these things, and they were it was a, it was originally this oh. this idea to like control the Americans, but then like they sure. abandoned it, but then these people were still there. Yes. And I believe that uh, the little boy was also a tethered, that, Adel- or that Red, Adelaide went, and, and I'm like, okay, you've completely that's not, missed. That's not, no. That's a swing and a miss. That's not. Yeah. It does... <laughs> like sure maybe he it left some clues that maybe sure the kid like the reason why yeah. couldn't he remember how to use his little spark thing like yeah that's not what you're supposed to take away from something no. like this no but okay all that being said uh-huh. and me not liking that mumbo jumbo yeah his attention to detail mm-hmm. and easter eggs yes and stuff that like yes. he is just such a nerd and a fan of the genre. So intentional. So intentional Lots of about it's everything. So intentional. Let's yeah. start with the trailer. The trailer, they chose a song. Mm-hmm. The song, uh, what's the, I forget the artist's name, uh, but it's called I Got Five on It. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Got Five yep. on It. Yep. Do you know what that means? Plays in the song. Uh, I have at one point, I don't remember offhand. That means. I know the daughter says it's about drugs, and the dad's like, that, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That means I'm going to pay half for a dime bag. Oh, you pay okay. the other half. Oh, okay. Duality. Interesting. One half and the other half. That's I got five on it. Great. That's what that means. Yeah. So that's where it starts. And huh. uh, we can get into this yeah. here in a minute, but they ended up reworking a cue at the end because the trailer worked so well with that mm, cue. Yeah. They bring the melody. We'll just get into it right now. They bring the melody of five on it yeah. back into the dance at the end of the movie. Boom, 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 boom. It's um, originally yeah. in the script. It was scripted as like uh, Stravinsky or something. Okay. And at the end of the day, Jordan Peele made an executive decision and got his buddy Michael Abels in the room yep. and said, "Can you make this work yeah. with an orchestra?" And I got five on it, Ugh, and yeah. it works. So it gives me chills when I yeah. watch that scene. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So once again, just like you were talking about him interweaving the spirituals into Get Out. That has meaning built all the way through it. Yes. Yeah. You see a lot of people with black flag t-shirts. Yes. Black. Let's talk about black flag t-shirts. What The black flag, yes. lo- flag logo. Two is, people in particular that I can think of. Maybe there's more. Uh, there's yeah, the you, carnival worker yeah. in the flashback scene mm-hmm. in 19... What is it? 86 when that takes place? Something like yes, that? Yes, it was 1986. Okay. 86. The carnival worker has a black flag t-shirt on. Right. Yeah. And then one of the girls on the beach. And then one of the twins... One of the twins, on which the beach. is well, once again, duality. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the twins on the beach, which is the daughters of the white family, yeah, the Tim Heidegger and Elizabeth Moss, or yes. whatever. Um, one of them has a black flag T-shirt, and so go ahead. That's all I was going to say. Those two. Yeah, I have thoughts about what this means yeah. as well, and other people. What's too, the but. What's the black flag logo? Uh, four bars. Four bars. Yeah. Eleven. 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 Duality. Eleven. Yep. 
Um, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Later, you see shows up someone where with Jeremiah eleven eleven, mm-hmm. um, which essentially it's like Babylonian, right, or something. something. Uh, it's basically, uh, yeah. God saying, "I'm going to." It doesn't matter that you're repenting. I'm gonna yeah. smite your ass. It's too basically. late for yeah, you. It's too late. I'm mm-hmm. going to wreak havoc on yes. the entire population. Sure. The idea that this is what the tethered are going to do to the top. Yes. So Jeremiah eleven eleven. Yep. You keep seeing eleven eleven on the clocks. Yep. You've got black flag T shirts that are straight up saying eleven eleven. Yep. Um, this whole idea of duality is peppered throughout the whole thing. Yes. You also have not only the duality of the eleven eleven, or not only the symbolic meaning of eleven eleven and black flag, but you also have the duality of what a black flag T-shirt means in 1986, worn by a carny who's you know selling tickets to somebody who's trying to do the ring toss. Exactly. Versus a black flag T-shirt that was probably bought at Urban Outfitters yes. by a young suburban white teenager mm-hmm. who's never probably listened to Black Flag. Yep. Doesn't understand any of the sort of social commentary that black flag is up to and it's just where you know what i mean yeah it's just uh it's commodification it's, yeah. over time something like that mm-hmm. the duality of what that means oh um he's so good <laughs> you have the scissors the scissors and if yep. you notice the yep. scissors he chose yep are uh perfectly symmetrical yes Most and they scissors, look like two people facing away from one another right they look like two little heads sure uh the the handle does mm-hmm. or whatever so good um yeah You've got uh, the little girl at the beginning, Adelaide. Yep. Or Red, I guess. Sure. Her mother says something about her that she shouldn't wear her Michael Jackson Thriller t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's gonna scare her. Or it's going. Like yeah. That. It's yeah. gonna scare her. Yeah. What's the video of Thriller about? It's about clean cut Michael and uh, monster Michael. Yeah. Duality. Right. 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 Um. What? <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson wears a single glove. Oh, he does. The tethered oh all wear a single glove. I did not even think about that part. Yeah. That's great. So you have this little yeah. girl who's starting this revolution yes. and using what she knows, right? Using the model of Hands Across America, which you see her watch at the, the commercial. very first scene. Yes. But um, you also see on the shelf Chud. You Chud. You see the Goonies. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. And Chud is uh, cannibalistic humanoid, humanoid underground, underground dwellers. dwellers. Underground dwellers. Yes. Of course smart um, smart smart it, all the way through th- this kind of stuff is like it's just yeah icing on the cake that yeah is this movie it makes him it makes it clear that he is a master at what he's doing um he wasn't get out and that's one reason i love us so much i think i like us more than i like get out overall um and in part it's just because of the warmth that it brings my heart to know that no no jordan peele just is that good Yes. Right. It's um, not get out was not a fluke. It wasn't an accident. No. He's just that good at it. Um and for me, like I I don't know which one I like more. Sure. I think I would prefer to watch us. Yeah. And the reason being is that it's a little bit f- more fun. Sure. It's not as much of a and get out's not really a bummer in the end. No. The the ideas behind it are a bummer, right? Well, yeah. And they are in us too, but there's something bigger in scale about us that yeah. feels just more like a fun twilight zone episode well and also i think because us has less of a clear thesis statement it's yeah. it comes off potentially as more playful right it's more he's playing with themes and it's clear what his perspective on all these various themes are yeah but it's not one through line where you have this one particular meaning yeah. you know what i mean exactly and us really does have and that. all it's, there's so many yeah. tiny little themes and yeah. clues that are happening that yeah. are just like 
he's just playing with the the craft of filmmaking absolutely using everything and in, in yeah. a such a like even the rabbits like yes you have all these white rabbits yep that are being eaten by the tethered uh-huh um and i've heard a which lot, is a very sort of lewis carroll alice in wonderland exactly thing right to yeah. where you have a little girl yes who goes down the rabbit hole following yes. the white rabbit yep Except for in this world, yeah, she eats the rabbit. Yeah, she sure. eats the rabbit. But yeah. you also you also have the rabbit. The rabbit represents like overpopulation. True. Um, yep. And being in a such <laughs> being locked in yeah. a lower class, where like, what else do you have to do except for repopulate? Oh right, sure, yeah. You know that's yeah. You, and then and then there become more and yeah. more people who can't get out of where they are. Yes. And the theme, uh, another point, as long as we're just loving on this movie, uh, which I'm fine with doing, is uh, the scene where Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss's character is being murdered uh, by her shadow self, I think, or Tim Heidecker's, I don't remember. But anyway, she's about to get killed, and she's she asks her little alexa type thing to call the police do you remember this <laughs> and it yes. starts playing fuck the police <laughs> and before that she's listening to good vibrations by the beach boys yes and i had heard somebody say this this speaks to sort of two californias right yeah. once again two cal two duality right duality. good vibrations and fuck the police right yeah uh, <laughs> um, and also that song is just so good um, <laughs> but yeah uh, it's a great scene. In that scene, uh, he 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 taps into like such a human moment. Yeah. Um, where you have, um, and this actually in the theater made me tear up. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Moth Moss Moss and yeah. uh, Tim Heidecker. Yeah. They're these, you know, he's kind of this like dad bod rich guy who's yep. like not a super attractive guy. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss's character, who's always trying to enhance her 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 physical beauty and mm -hmm. you know putting a lot of money into it, and there's this rift between the two mm -hmm. where there's always tension. You know they don't, you know they don't seem like they love each other. No, but then you have this moment where like tension, tension, tension between the two. Then they're being killed. Yeah. And you have him on the floor. I, I want to say he's been stabbed in the, in the throat. And he's yeah. gurgling his yeah. last breaths. Uh -huh. And there's just this look on her face looking at him like just regret yeah. that like this is how it ends for us. Yeah. And you can just, it just feels so real yeah. of like, like that in itself, that moment. Yeah. Even though you have such a silly song playing. Yeah. Like, well, not a silly song, but in the context. In the context. It makes you chuckle because of yes. the... Yeah. And my theater got a laugh. Yeah. Well, and There's it's There's a such, lot of laughs and, in this movie. And with... I mean, the, the it's funny, but it makes you laugh, or it made me laugh to the extent that I did, in a way that's... It's laughter because it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's playing, it's playing Fuck the Police while these people are getting murdered, which in and of itself is dark. But it's playing Fuck the Police on a on an Alexa type thing in this, you know, it, this is their summer home. Yeah. And it's nicer than most people's houses, right? These just wealthy, affluent, yeah. white, upper class people. And it lets you hear that NWA song, not all the way through, but you hear a good portion of it. And yeah. those lyrics build meaning into looking at this particular house. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's masterful. Yeah, I mean, that's it is. just... And at the same time, Ooh. you have these characters you don't care for. Yeah. 
and you are sad as they're being killed yeah. because they can't connect with each other. No. And yeah. you know they want to connect. Yeah. And now she's watching him bleed out. And once again, they are pieces of shit in this story, but they're not malevolent people. No. They are a product of this broken social system. Do you know what I mean? They're the they're, other the other yeah. end of the tether. They're just the outcome of this systematic right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's something um, human there yeah. that the same thing that you know, yep. You know, makes uh, red rebel is the same moment at the end where she's like, I don't know that that part just really bothered me. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but then shortly after that moment, you've got uh, the kids uh-huh. coming into the house, yeah, and just with a would she have a golf club? Golf club, yep. Just going to town on those twins. Yeah, for and sure. it's so satisfying. That was satisfying. Um, yep, for sure. But uh, the twins. Real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Just another little Easter egg. Yeah. When they're both dead, yeah. Um, they're posed in the way that the twins and the flash cut of the dead twins in The Shining are dead. Really? Because he's a nerd oh in such God. a great way. And in, uh, as long as we're talking Easter eggs and what a great nerd he is, uh, in Get Out, there's a scene where the TSA character is uh, on the phone or something. He's talking to his buddy or something like that. And there's a call for a flight. And it's the room number from The Shining. Oh, uh, wow. The flight number that they call wow. out or whatever. Yeah, just so good. My favorite line as I was re-watching Us um, was when the home invasion element starts. And they come in. And this is part of what let me know it was going to be more ambiguous than Get Out was. They're, they've been attacked. They're being held in their living room by this family who looks exactly like them. And only one of them is speaking. And even she can't speak very well, whatever. And then the, the dad interrupts and says something like, who are you people? And she says, we're Americans. We're Americans. We're Americans. And that line... We're Americans. We're Americans. In the, in the context of that scene is just so out of left field do you know what i mean and it's it's just yeah kind of comedy kind of comedy and also no explanation for it right we're americans make of that what you will that's her response to it and so film was masterful so good and then at the end the ambulance is ambulance number one 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 oh of course yeah 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 um anything else about us that you have uh, i think what's what's kind of great about it is Mm -hmm. that like it's not a movie about saving the world. Like the yeah. world is doomed, or the world has changed forever. The world at the is end. changed. Yeah, and this family drives off one tethered and three non-tetheds. I'm, I was, I was, I thought the dad was going to die or something. I'm glad that he didn't go that route. Just, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's more interesting to think of like what this family dynamic is going to be afterward. Yeah, so it kind of leaves you with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does next. He is uh, well. Let's talk about what he's got coming up next. He is scheduled as the writer and producer of the upcoming Candyman remake. Uh, yes, or I don't know if it's a remake, but it's in the Candyman, you know, intellectual property. Yeah, probably. So, nevertheless, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be very very excited. Uh, obviously about this, but I'll be very very excited for whatever his next original idea is. So yeah, and he has um, been quoted saying like he's been offered big movies, sure. big franchise sure he has yeah reboots and everything and he Mm -hmm. at the end of the day he decided like no i want to continue to make my thing and to yeah build my own thing i'm like more power to it man yeah of course i mean that's gonna that's gonna make you a legend yes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh i'm sure he's a very wealthy person at this point 
Well, he's like um, he's he's executive producing a lot of stuff, and sure, that's what he's yeah. been doing the last couple of years is producing, producing, right. producing Twilight right, right. Zone. Yeah, I I read two or three other things that he was yeah. involved with that he's not writing, directing. Gotcha. And producers can make money. Sure. Yeah, of course. Producers can make money. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm very excited for whatever his next original works are. Uh, so we gonna rate Jordan Peele, or we got anything else to say? I don't. I I think we're ready to write it. Okay, rate let's him. rate him. Let's see what Jordan Peele comes up with. You want to go? You you go first. All right. So Jordan Peele, hilarious. Key and Peele was phenomenal. Takes this left turn, becomes a master of horror writing and directing. And then I was listening to interviews with him today, and he's talking about horror movies, and he's still funny. Even as he's talking, just the way, just watching yeah. him is fun and entertaining. Um, I really don't have anything to take away from him. Like, I don't. I didn't, I didn't dig in as deep as I could have, but at the same time, just knowing him, I'm just excited about him. I love everything he's done, and I'm excited about what he does in the future. It's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. There's no question. It's 10 out of 10 creepy-ass gold scissors. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> creepy 10 out of 10 creepy-ass gold scissors for Jordan yeah. Peele. I'm going to premise this with, yeah, he's a 10 out of 10 for me, okay. but he's right. not going to get that rating, and I'll tell you why. Interesting. Yeah. Tell me. And it has nothing to do, well, may, maybe the, the the thing I talked about earlier, the exposition that I'm like, okay. is not my taste, but at the yes. same time, because I love it because it yeah. feels Because it like feels him. like his taste, yeah. Erasing that, it's at heart going to be a, t- a 10 out of 10, but yeah. the, the, the item I thought of... yeah. It pulls it down, but for a very tactile, practical reason. Yes. There's a scene, uh-huh. an Easter egg scene, that kind of gives away the ending okay. early on in the movie. Okay. They're on the beach, and Adelaide and her family and the their their friend's family uh-huh. are sitting on a towel. Uh-huh. It's a blue polka dot towel. Okay. A single red frisbee flies through, landing on the towel, covering up one of the blue dots. Huh. So you you have one red amongst all the blues. Oh my god! So I'm giving him nine out of ten oh. blue dots, but that oh. tenth dot is a oh. red dot. Oh my god! So he's a ten out of ten. That's ridiculous! <laughs> oh my god! He's the best. I didn't notice that at he's all. He's the best. That's he's a ten out of ten. He's the best. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. All right, Jordan Peele. What the hell can you complain about? I mean, yeah. nothing. He's just amazing. Stop. Go. Go home. Go home. Go home. You're drunk. Go, yeah, you're Stop drunk. Complaining. Yeah, exactly. Go uh, watch everything, Jordan Peele. Um, nevertheless, um, I don't know. Maybe not Keanu, unless you're into. Maybe that not. Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? Although he did co-write it. I looked that up. Um, oh, cut to. Cut to us. Us. Uh, <laughs> this has uh, been Common Creatives. We are a Destination Nation Network podcast. So go yep. check out the other DNN. Um, I hear they have shows. one about tasting weird sweet treats. Yeah, they do have a candy one, right? Yeah, yeah. go check that. Go check all that stuff out at destinationcomics.com. Uh, send us suggestions if you want to hear us talk about something. Evil Robot Uses. Evil Robot Uses. I did it again. <laughs> you did it again. You brought it all the way back around. We're on Instagram at Common Creatives Podcast, and you can email us at commoncreativespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Willer Clowns from Outer Space, and you're on there as well, right, Joe? Yeah, I'm Joe Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I well, was glad to get it. Yeah, no, that's... that's Yours is way better, That's though. dope as hell, man. No, Well, not. see, I'm not doing any sort of public-facing work, so it's fine, except for <laughs> nothing, yeah, so but it's fine. <laughs> but if you were, it yeah. might make you... Uh, it might make you more... Uh, it'd be my thing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be my branding. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, go watch some Jordan Peele movies. Yeah.
Yeah. Go watch some. Would you say that as far as Jordan Peele goes, you concur, Doctor? I straight up <laughs> concur. Okay. I was like the sloth in uh, Zootopia. Remember that movie? Didn't see it. Oh, you got to see Zootopia. I got to see Zootopia. <laughs> Thank you for listening, D-N-N.